to say, personally, existential humanism, seen in such films as Bergman and especially Kurosawa, that's my favorite subject matter for cinema, particularly in the 50s. But then he spends the bulk of the book going through the film scene by scene with departures into Hawks's use of racial stereotypes, the role of Angie Dickinson and the so-called Hawksian woman. Of course, certain political aspects, such as the role of the capitalist, the villain of the piece, who doesn't even appear until halfway through the movie. This is such a quotable book, I could practically read the whole thing. And I can imagine some 16-year-old contemporary kid picking up this book and being so excited as we all were in the 60s when we picked up Robin Wood's books and Raymond Dirknatz and Andrew Saris. Here, finally, is a writer in the supposed mainstream who is validating our intuitions that this old Western is actually one of the great films of all time. So I send this out to all the critics out there. When you make your list for the Sight and Sound 2022 poll, Please give a thought to Rio Bravo as the number one film. So that's it for Film 11. We'll be back next week with just a few more chances to turn our 2020 vision onto uh, films new and old. So until then, keep watching the screens, whatever their size. This is KBOO Portland. Did you know that 80% of KBOO's funding comes from individual supporters? Show your support by donating KBOO on Give Guide today at www.kboo.fm give. And thanks for supporting volunteer-powered, community-focused radio. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the Salem Progressive Film Series presentation of Holding the Thin Green Line. This documentary slideshow tells the stories of people fighting to save the souls of their communities and preserve the integrity of the Pacific Northwest as they fight to stop the world's largest methanol refinery from being built in Kalamba, Washington, and a massive LNG facility in Tacoma. From December 6th to the 11th, this slideshow can be viewed at your own convenience at kboo.fm slash greenline. Then on December 11th from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll hold a live Q&A session with activists who are featured in the documentary. Again, that's Holding the Thin Green Line documentary slideshow screening, December 6th to the 11th, and a live Zoom Q&A on December 11th. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Welcome to to Peace, Peace, Love, and and Soup. Soup. Audio nourishment for the heart and mind with Brian Delaney and Tave Fashe Drake. I believe in kindness, also in mischief, also in singing, especially when singing is not necessarily prescribed. Mary Oliver. I'm a bicycle, I can speak to everybody on Commercial Street. I'm gonna ring my bell, it's a sunny day, and the ocean's calling. Get out my way! Seagull, hello ice cream, hello Ellie, hello Viola Jean, hello trolley, hello truck, hello poodle, don't push your luck, yeah. Hey! Bicycle feels so good, terrorizing the neighborhood. I'm gonna race the pedicabs, dodge the cars. It's the middle of summer, look, no handlebar. Well, hello, Tave. Well, hello, Brian. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again. Here is our second episode in the P-Town Trilogy. In part two, we'll be shining a light on a few of Provincetown's proud women proprietors, or proprietresses, (laughs) and their benevolence towards the community. Our chat on chowder continues, as does our alliteration. (laughs) (laughs) And have no fear, you'll hear more P-Town origin stories from those be they straight and or queer. We have so much more of Zoe Lewis's music to share as well. Brian, you know she's affectionately known as a band in a body. Oh, I do. And so should you. (laughs) 
It's so hard to stop rhyming once you start. <laughs> you should be a songwriter. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, Zoe. Be sure and visit zoelewis.com. And now it's time to ring the dinner bell. Because soup's on in this episode of P-Town Soup Part 2, Angels of the Outer Cape. They do say every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. No wonder why we heard so many bells in Provincetown. It really is a wonderful life, though. That it is, Zuzu. That it is. <laughs> What'd you call me? Zuzu. You know, <laughs> Zuzu, it's a wonderful life. Another nickname. I know. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we turn it into a musical. You know, Ooh. Something. Why do birds <laughs> suddenly appear? Every time you are near, your bell. bell. <laughs> Baby, need, you can ring my bell. Ring my bell. Ring my bell. My bell. Ring my bell. Ding a ling a ling. <laughs> ding dong ding. <laughs> I don't think WMR is going to play this one. <laughs> I hope they don't have to pay royalties on that. <laughs> Policeman, hello, Pauline. Hello, fisherman. Hello, muscle queen. Hello, ladies. Hello, gents. Look, lemonade for sale for just 50 cents. Hey. Hey. On my bicycle to bath the land, riding around on a pile of sand in a dizzy July and August bliss. All I know is it doesn't get better than this. Yeah. in P-Town talking to Officer Chris Landry and CSO Madison Bentz. And what does CSO stand for? Community Service Officer. Tell us what does being a community service officer entail? We kind of are like the ambassadors of the town. We answer any questions and make sure everyone knows where they're going and just make sure they have a fun time in Provincetown. Would we call this law enforcement? Definitely a start into law enforcement. So I will be going to Plymouth Academy in a couple weeks from now. Good luck to you. Thank you. How long have you lived here? Technically since 2009, but I've worked at the department just for this summer so far. We're fortunate enough that this department provides a seasonal officer program that is a great stepping stone and learning curve for new officers because there's not many police departments in the state that offer that. So when I was pursuing my law enforcement career, I started off in the same position that CSO Ben started. Sounds good. And when did you come to P-Town? I came to Provincetown in 2011 during college. And I worked my way up, you know, and now I'm fortunate enough to be a supervisor amongst many of my peers and colleagues that are very hardworking and just very fortunate. Do you live here year-round or just for the seasonal summer? No, I'm a year-round resident. I live here with my family. I have my two dogs on the quote-unquote outer cape. So, you know, things are good. When I say clam chowder, what comes to mind? Uh, I think of a lovely dish that warms the soul a little bit and makes you feel good, especially on a cold day in the fall. I would say about the same thing. Do you make it at home? I do. Yeah, we dive for clams ourselves. And we go home, we shuck them, we grind them, and then we make our own chowder and uh, stuffed clams. Do you have any special ingredients that you add to your clam chowder that you want to reveal here tonight? <laughs> Ooh, definitely cream. <laughs> but it is my uh, grandmother's secret recipe, so we go. We won't go there. Do you also make clam chowder? I don't make it often, but when I do, my little secret, but it's not even really that much of a secret, is I'll saute garlic, and that's what I'll put on there. Mm. I have to ask you, we hear about the sharks out here. Yeah. Any shark sightings or attacks? Uh, well, there's probably sightings multiple times a day. I think the most popular organization that oversees the sharks is the Atlantic Shark Conservancy. And there's actually an app on most mobile devices when they get spotted by civilians. They'll get confirmation and they'll put a ping on there in the location where it happened, whether it's Marconi Beach in Wellfleet or at Race Point Beach in Provincetown. They're all up and down, you know, the outer Cape nooks. Well, thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing here. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this message if you would. Well, life is so full of creases, that's why I think wrinkles are very good. Well, it is most imperative to have a little joyfulness each day. Cause you stop to play Cause you never know, you never know, you never know, you never know, you never too old to be young When you're halfway through, you just begun You're never too old to be young We are inside AMP Gallery to talk to the owner 
I'm Debbie Nidonley. Welcome. Hello, Debbie. How long have you owned the gallery? This is my eighth season in Provincetown. I'm an artist also. I come at the gallery from a curatorial and artist positive place. It feels less like a business and more like this organic art space. Plus, I do a lot of performance here. My favorite event of the whole season, it's called Tough Girls and Lucid Dreamers, the brainchild of artist Katrina Del Mar from New York. We have been doing this together every year, so it's a collaborative mini-festival. It's men and women, boys and girls, all lucid dreamers. Jay Critchley has performed, Bobby Miller, Eileen Miles, Michael Cunningham, Billy and Sue, and it's great. Are you open year-round? I'm open about six months out of the year, and then as the spirit moves me kind of thing. As P-Town has changed and more and more people come here, is it becoming a more year-round location? Yeah, it seems like the shoulder season is definitely growing, but things are changing in other ways, good and maybe not so good. Are you talking about the sharks? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the land sharks, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, you know, I'm talking about gentrification, and that's been happening everywhere. But it's changing. It's in flux, like everything else. And I guess some change is good. But some change is hard because a lot of the people who have made Provincetown such a awesome destination yeah. for over 100 years or more are being priced out. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough thing. That said, the spirit lives on, and there's still many really cool people here. The sense of community here in Provincetown is amazingly beautiful. The way people care for each other, and that is kind of special and kind of blown me away. Do you live here year-round? I do now. When I opened the gallery eight years ago, I decided to live here full-time. Plus, I also fell in love with Susan Goldberg, a local bass player. She plays in an awesome duo called Scream Along with Billy. It's rock and roll lounge, stream of consciousness, performative. It's free at 11 at the Grotta Bar. And tonight they're doing Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. You're, you're not leaving. I, so I just want to stay. This is my first day ever in P-Town. Oh, welcome. I'm a musician also, so it's super fun to hear about this. I want to ask you, since you live here year-round, and I'm sure it does get cold, when I say clam chowder, what comes to mind? (laughs) A lot of yummy noises. Uh, It's warm, it's delicious, it's creamy. Do you remember your first clam chowder experience? I do, actually. It was in Mystic, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. and I was 10 years old and sort of in heaven and slightly grossed out at the same time. That's a good description of chowder, actually. Do you have a favorite soup? Well, when I was in Paris a couple of years ago, I went to this amazing restaurant where they just cook one meal for everybody, and you don't really know what you're going to get, but I had the best soup I've ever tasted in my life, and it was kind of like a foamy, really light sort of pea soup with feta, and (gasps) it was just, first of all, gorgeous to look at, It was art in a bowl and absolutely delicious. So that's my favorite soup so far. And what brought you to P-Town in the first place? Uh, About 1974, I had a friend who lived in Boston. And we hitchhiked down here together. And I kind of fell madly in love with the place. It still had a lot of the hippie kind of influences. But it was a really, really awesome cool place as it still is but with some changes it's been fondly referred to as the land of misfit toys right you know everybody here is a little bit of a misfit in one way or another and embrace that misfit quality exactly yeah it's like being queer as opposed to mainstream like staying with your queerness and whether you're straight gay whatever that doesn't matter just being a little bit more you know awake Mm -hmm. yeah it's like here i am Rather than figure out what society is wanting from you, it's letting your true self shine. Yeah. Right? Thank you so much for talking with us. And tell people how they can find out more about readings, art, music, and everything that's going on here at your space. Uh, Thanks. It's artmarketprovincetown.com, 432 Commercial Street. Come on down. Yeah, there's happenings and exhibitions. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for 
figuratively dining with us <laughs> at Peace, Love, and Soup. It was my pleasure. Thank nice you so much. You. Thank you. Okay, Brian, Forrest Williams, the artist, is here to pick up what little is left from his very successful show that was here last week. Let's talk to Forrest then. So you guys are from Portland. We are. I showed at Elizabeth Leach Gallery there what? numerous times years ago, yeah. Do you live here? I live here and in New York. Now that Debbie's getting your work for you, I am going to ask you, <laughs> what is your favorite soup? My favorite soup? Yeah. Oh, that's really hard. Have it's... you ever had something called Brunswick stew? No. Oh, well, that's a hard one to explain. I'm not a cook, I'm just an eater. What brought you to P-Town? Oh, I've been coming for decades. Um, a friend of mine had a boyfriend and they split. <laughs> and so he said, can you come with me? <laughs> to pay the rent? Yeah, and then I've been coming ever since. What year was that? Maybe 2000 or so, something like that. Forrest, if people want to find out more about your artwork, where can they see it? Well, they can see it uh, via the AMP Gallery website in Provincetown, or they can go to forrestwilliams.net. Thank, Thank you. you. There you go. Thank you. That's Thanks a small me. bag to take your paintings that didn't sell home. <laughs> Good luck. Enjoy. Bye. Thanks. It was fun. Thank you. If you were wise, you can have whatever you visualize. If you believe it, you really can be like Peter Pan. Cause you never know, you never know, you never know, you never know. You, you know, know, you have to come to Marine Specialties. We have all kind of stuff. Hi, we're here at Marine Specialties, a wonderful venue that has clothing and stuff related to outdoor activities, the ocean, and art. Yeah, we sell a lot of everything shells, knife, flags of all different countries, and we specialize in costumes. So if you can find it in the store, it's not in Provincetown. And what's your name? My name is Frida. You know, I'm from Jamaica, but I've been working here for the past 23 years, and yeah, I'm one of the supervisors. I like working here. What do you like best about P-Town? P-Town, it's peaceful here. You can sleep with your door open and everybody's always friendly to each other. Everybody is welcome. It's a cool town, yeah. And then do you have a favorite soup? My favorite soup is chowder, white chowder. They sell it at Bubblers and at um, Lobster Pot, even at the canteen. Yeah, I like chowder. Thank you, Frida. Thanks, Frida. Thanks okay. for having us. Okay, bye. Tavi, <laughs> what are you going to buy? Oh my gosh, I wish I had enough money to buy those <laughs> retired United Airlines seats. There's a piano free to play. Are you feeling inspired? <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember right or wrong. Let's see. <laughs> Something kind of like that. What are the words to that song? Right or wrong, I'll always love you. And though you're gone, well, I can't forget. Right or wrong, I'll keep on dreaming Till I wake with that same old regret I gotta find my key And all along I knew I'd lose you Oh, but I prayed that you'd be true And in your heart, please dear, remember That right or wrong, well, I'm still in love with you that's our song to P-Town, Brian. The multi-talented Tave Fashe Drake, performing live at the Marine Specialty Store. Enough this 
Hi, we're here outside of the church grounds in P-Town, and we are asking Scarby. Scarby about chowder. When I say clam chowder, what comes to mind? What comes to mind when you say clam chowder is me when I was about nine years old, and I was not feeling good, and my parents took me to the Red Lobster and said, have some clam chowder. It will make you feel better. And I had never heard of clam chowder. And I looked at it and thought, oh no. And I ate it and I never felt better in my life. And it's one of my favorite foods ever since. Wow. Miraculous cure-all maybe. Yeah, little did I know it was very much you know, part of the Northeast. And now here I am on Cape Cod entertaining multitudes of tourists and enjoying chowder every chance I get. And some of the best chowder is up here too, of course, as you know. Do you have a favorite restaurant? favorite restaurant in town? I love Finizzi's. You know, you sit out on the water. It's almost like you're out on a ship when you're dining. And they have great food at great prices, and it's just really delicious. They have a stuffed artichoke on the appetizer list. Sometimes I have one for an entree and one for my meal. Is that before show or after show? <laughs> and when are your shows? <laughs> I'm Thursdays through Sundays at 8.30 through most of the summer season at the Unitarian Universalist Meeting House Theater at 236 Commercial Street. And it's a show for everybody. You could bring your kid, you could bring your grandma. Everybody's on board. Everyone's looked after and taken good care of. It's a fast, funny, inspiring show with a great message about coexisting and living your life to the fullest. S-C-A-R-B-I-E, like Barbie with a little scar. Scarby. <laughs> Why the name Scarby? Well, interesting. Um, there's a fictional reason that I talk about in the show, which is that I was scarred by an ill-gotten laser bikini wax. <laughs> so, but the real reason is when I was living in New York with my buddies, you know, we'd throw on bad drag just to go out and have some fun at the clubs and stuff. And I had this sort of 50s vintage look, it's little capris and this bustle coming off. I said, this looks like something that Barbie would wear, but with this face, I'm more like Scarby. Because, you know, I have a sort of a rugged look and Scarby stuck from that day on. And that's been like 20, 25 years now, so. Yeah. Well, what brought you to P-Town? Uh, love. I was living in New York City and vacationing with my uh, best buddy. And I came to P-Town and I met my husband. I saw him four times in one day. And then here it is 22 years later. I have a couple of questions. First, I have to tell our listeners, Scarby is wearing this fantastic ensemble, everything from white tights to a checkerboard mini jupe with a long dress that comes up like a mock turtleneck with red. And then, as our listeners know... I am called Top Hat on the playa at Burning Man. And Scarby is wearing this top hat that is three tiers high of checkerboard, black and white, and then red bows on top of it. Naturally. And you know, I call this outfit my NASCAR look, <laughs> which I love. And I make and create and design all of my own outfits and clothes. Incredible. Yes. And I was just trying to look unique in a desperate attempt to sell tickets. And it became my singular style. And I feel good. And I feel like I look good. And it makes people smile and laugh. And so, you know, I've been out here now for 14 seasons on my bicycle with my hats. And people have come to know me sort of like in a really iconic way, which I never expected, nor did I plan. But it's become a real joy and a real privilege in my life. And am I wrong? Were you in a different outfit like not five minutes ago? Yes, I change about six or seven times a day. That's out on the street when I'm trying to, you know, gather people's attention and sell tickets. And in the show, I go through two genders, six characters, and 11 costume changes, but I never leave the stage. So I'm constantly evolving in front of my audiences while I tell stories of growing up with a really great family who encouraged me to play dress up, believe it or not, because I loved it. And then sort of what that became in Scarby. She's a little bit nutty after an accident in Las Vegas left her with multiple personality disorder. Well, you're so, doing fine today. Yes, thank you. Thank I don't know you. what version of Scarby we're talking to. but Exactly. But, uh, you know, my show, it's a nostalgic show. And you see some characters from the 70s like Lily Tomlin's Ernestine and Edith Ann. And I do some Carol Burnett and Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it just sort of reminds us all that times were simpler. But right now we need to, to count on each other to continue to just move forward. Yeah, sticking together and, and encouraging everyone to just bring their full selves we're out. We're all on this to ride share. together, and you yeah. know, despite all of our differences, we're all the same. Amazing. It really is true. Thank, Thank you, Scarby. We're going to talk to your fans. When we say chowder, what comes to mind for you? Clam chowder. You as well? Yeah, clam chowder, white clam chowder, yeah. And what brought you to P-Town? Uh, we come every year. From where? I'm from Plymouth. Okay. And what about you, sir? 
I'm from Boston. And what yeah. brought you here the very first time you came to um, P-Town? I think Jan and Paul had come, and they'd asked us to come along with them, so we did. And I had been here as a young person, but it's been many years. What keeps you coming it's back? It's very interesting, the culture, and, you know, it's nice. Yeah, we really enjoy the food that's out here, a lot of good restaurants and great beaches. Got a lot of stuff out here. Have you seen Scarby's show, any of you? We actually met him last year. We were sitting here. We had gone over to get ice cream and things, and we pulled up, and we got talking to him. And we usually only come over once every summer, but, uh, yeah, we ran into him again this year. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. Have a good bye. Thank you. Bye. you. So while we were talking to your fans, you've changed again. Tave, what is Scarby wearing? don't even know where to begin another top hat yes. it's made out of i'm gonna call it um a foam camping pad looks like but those are very thin and floppy this actually is soundproofing material that you would use in a recording studio yeah. and it's got more density because i look for something that's going to keep its structure and also you know really stay on my head on a windy day like this i need it and it's yeah. almost a foot yeah, in height with two bows on the front and it goes in just a bit like a beehive and then again yeah. full mini jupe and then the sort of mock turtleneck top with the long sleeves and it looks like it's a full painting we've got reds and blacks and oranges i and call pink. this my lava look yeah i too am a performer and so from one performer to another what's your favorite thing about doing the work that you do uh i greet all my guests in at the gate so I see who's coming to my show, I mix and mingle with them, I take photos with people, I'm sort of renowned for giving really good photos. And so we do that and then we come in, I do the show, which has some great messages and you know, it's all inclusive. And then I greet them afterwards. I run off the stage in my robe and go out to the street and say goodnight to them. And they say some of the most amazing things to me that I could never have imagined that I would receive as a reward going into this. And it's a great gift. It leaves me exhilarated and humbled at the same time. One time I had a mother come in. They bought tickets in the mid-afternoon. The boy was about 15, real shy little guy. And they came to the show, which is about my family relationships and me being a little gay boy who was, you know, loved by my family and encouraged and supported. And she came out to me and she was crying. And he was all sort of sheepish and he shook my hand and she was crying. And she said, between the time we bought your tickets this afternoon and this show, my son came out to me as a wow. gay boy. And then they saw my show, which is so, you know, family, support, love. And I just started crying, too, because I was like, you know, I said, you're not going to be just a mother and son any longer. You're going to be best friends. And so that's the greatest gift that I get out of performing. How lucky am I? Well, thank you for doing this. Can I give you a peace, love, and soup hug? Yeah, okay. okay. Oh, thank you, Scarby. Me too. <laughs> what sort of performance do you do? I'm a singer. How oh, are you? Yeah. What so. type of music do you? She just performed in Marine Specialties on the piano. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, I love that. It was an impromptu well. performance. No, I don't <laughs> even play. I'm a singer mostly, but I play a vintage 1940s saxophone kazoo in an all-female Merle Haggard tribute called Girl Haggard, spelled like Merle but oh with a my G. God, that sounds great to me. There's anywhere from six to ten of us, depending. And we range in age from the early 30s to early 60s. We have women of all sexual orientations in the band. And then I have a jazz and blues combo called the Tave Fache Drake Quartet. And then the Adventures of Chicken and Dumpling, which is a two-piece, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of vaudeville type of thing. Mostly original songs based on 30s or other era-inspired sounds played on unusual instruments often. Stay tuned. Well, uh, this is the first place I've done drag. Well, actually, that's not true. But anyway, um, I had a beautiful cherry dress, and I was named Cherry Poppins here in P-Town in 2005. But I got read to filth when, who are the old drag sisters? The Hat Sisters. The Hat Sisters. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a shoe to fit me, so I wore flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. And I thought they were fabulous flip-flops. And they're like, girl, you're over 30. You need to get rid of the flip-flops. So yeah. You know, comfort versus style. There's a big argument on both sides. <laughs> awesome yeah. I see so many guys who you know putting on something fabulous and I see them teetering down to tea dance you know which is in the afternoon lets out at seven and I see them coming back and it's like <laughs> drag clack they call it you know you can see the agony but they're keeping them on man you know but it's just like oh my gosh for me I would never close in my toes and I never close in my heels and that's half the battle right there People will say to me, oh, my God, how can you ride a bike in heels? I'm like, honey, I can climb a ladder in these things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. And we can find you at? Scarby.com, S-C-A-R-B-I-E, Scarby.com, or um, on Google or Yelp. 
and uh, yeah, everything you need to know. Fantastic. Thank you for entertaining and doing the work that you do. <laughs> My pleasure. Did you get your picture and your oh, hug? Let's let's have a picture you don't, don't be afraid to be yourself, cause you're divine, and all the things that make you different are the things that make you shine, shine, shine. Did I ever tell you you're just perfect? You're, you're listening, listening to Peace, Peace Love, and, and Soup. Tell you I would like to play you some sounds from the streets and shores of P-Town. Enjoy. Did you know chowder? Did you know coastal native peoples have been making seafood stews for hundreds of years? Many tribes use corn rather than potatoes and thicken their soups with nut or seed paste. Sailors from around the world made a version aboard ship using whatever was freshly caught, often eel, paired with large quantities of potatoes and thickened with hardtack crackers. This stew soon became common among the first English settlers in the New World. It was the Native Americans who first introduced clams to the recipe. Reluctant at first, the European settlers eventually accepted the mollusks, giving fishermen a new use for what was before then strictly pig fodder. As the colonies expanded across the country, the traditions of this humble dish moved further west. Did you know, in 1890, the magazine American Notes and Queries declared the first instances of clam chowder were recorded in small fishing villages along the west coast of France. Et bonjour. Bonjour. Later, it was customary for French settlers in Canada to stew clams and fish with bacon and sea biscuits in a bucket called chaudière. First Nations people heard this as chaudière and adopted the word, which the Yankees then pronounced chowda. Did you know, today there are many varieties of clam chowder beyond the New England milky style. Here are a few we find particularly intriguing. New Jersey chowder. Really? There's a Jersey chowder? Get this. It includes creamed asparagus, tomatoes, bacon, light cream, Old Bay spices, parsley, and celery powder. Rhode Island chowder. R.I. natives make theirs without dairy. It's a clear broth, but they also have a version between you and me using tomato broth as its base. 
However, the most popular red clam chowder by far is Manhattan style. The story goes it came about when Italian immigrants, new to New York, added chopped tomatoes and other vegetables. While some love it, many scoff saying it's really just a vegetable soup with clams. And finally, for the spicy crowd, Menorcan chowder, which includes chunks of tomatoes, but unlike Manhattan style, it features a very hot Cuban pepper known as datil. The chowder is named after the island of Menorca, Spain, from which Florida settlers came, bringing with them their Mediterranean heritage version of this soup. Fun fact, San Francisco is famous for being the first city to serve their creamy chowder in a hollowed-out sourdough bread bowl. Bam! I love it. Really? I love when that chowder gets deep inside the warm, soft Mm. bread. It's like all gooey. It's delicious. I can't eat that much food in one sitting. Romantic fools often direct their hearts to assorted anatomical parts. But I stumbled upon the sweetest reverie the day that you first winked at me. You and your eyelashes are causing car crashes all over this town. Trendsetters are making mad dashes whenever you those satin sashes are hanging around oh you and those eyelashes well here i am i just walked into yak arts a beautiful store in the center of provincetown and what's your name my name's kilius hi kilius what's your p-town origin story well my mother actually moved to provincetown in 1967 as a beatnik but I was born in Hyannis and grew up in Harwich. Okay. I've been coming to Provincetown to do lots of things for a long time. <laughs> um, I was a street performer here in my uh, late teens. What kind of performing did you do? Uh, it was actually commercially breakdancing, or as I like to call traditional hip hop or b-girling. Do you still dance today? I dance every day, yes. I focus mostly on popping. I do a little bit of locking. Then I also got involved in tribal fusion belly dance in my early 20s. But I've been traveling up to Boston and all different areas to take workshops. And one of those places being Portland, Oregon. Wait, our show is from Portland. Portland, Oregon's awesome. I had such a great time there. I ended up staying an extra week and a half. I missed my flight on purpose twice. And I really wanted to mention that Kalina Shakti will be coming from India to teach a very traditional, beautiful style of dance with Rachel Bryce at Studio Datora. That's an amazing studio. The place in Portland is Studio Datora. Yeah. I also teach a basic foundation down in Orleans at the Healing Arts Collective. Cool. And if people want to find you, how do they find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Kelia Sky, K-E-E-L-I-A-S-K-Y-E. Perfect. And last question. Do you like clam chowder? <sighs> clam chowder. Whoever invented clam chowder was definitely drunk. Okay? Drunk and desperate, and that's all they had. Because there's no way you would take cream clams and bacon and put them in the same pot. And, yeah, no, don't like it. We've had some people that don't like it as well, but not quite to that intensity. So thank you for your honesty. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. My friend, Chef Regina Castellano, runs a restaurant in Brewster called APT App. And she is amazing. The food is beautiful. Year-round, right? She is year-round. There's some great soups. And she actually gets some of the produce from the farm I work at, Lake Garden Farm in Orleans. And she's going to be doing a roasted corn and poblano soup that's going to be really tasty. A soup that we did last year that I absolutely loved was executed by Ashley Cole, who is very, very talented. She works at the Jailhouse Tavern in Orleans, and that's also where Hog Island Brewery is. And it was a butternut apple squash bisque served in a crock. Then on top of it, French puff pastry and cheddar cheese broiled. We make some pretty awesome soups. At the Cape. Yeah, because you know soup is a necessity, and necessity is the mother of creativity. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for talking today. Okay. Adios. (laughs) Adios.
till my knees go weak. The size of the visors around those eyes is simply magnifique. You and those eyelashes are causing car crashes. You could make a phoenix rise from the ashes. How quickly it seems the time passes looking at you. Here we are inside Angel Foods, talking with the owner, Liz. She also owns a restaurant in town. Liz's Cafe, anybody's bar. We'll be going there tonight, and I'll have a full review later. But at the moment, she is... Well, I'll let you describe. What are you doing? I'm frosting a cake for a man named John. Did you make this fresh from scratch this morning? I sure did. What time did you get up, girl? Honey, it's easy. I've got this down to a science. You know, I take my kids to school. Got kids, too? I do. I have a 17-year-old and an 11-year-old girl that goes to Provincetown schools. There's a big myth in town that there are no kids and there is no school. We do have 160 kids. But they hide them, though. We don't hide them. There's only 160 of them. So what's your P-Town origin story? We're asking everybody around town. Really? It was kind of interesting. In the late 80s, I met this very dynamic man. He was magnetic. He was smart and funny, creative and clever, a great dresser. He's everything you'd want in a man. Here I am, an Italian Catholic girl from a small town. He was the perfect boyfriend because there was no uh, push for... He wasn't aggressive. Exactly. I didn't know that he was a gay man because I was very naive. Our friendship grew. After a few years, I kind of figured it out. And his stepmother, who was a born-again Christian, believed that you could heal the homosexual. And I loved Alan, and I was willing to give it a whirl. (laughs) However. How'd that go? Not so well. Um, Anyway, at this point, he was my best friend. Exposed me to a life that I didn't even know existed as far as culture and food and music and then him and his one true love as he used to refer to David Hilliard who's now like a famous photographer he does the triptychs oh I love his work they broke up and Alan decided to come to Provincetown for a summer to kind of like heal and then Alan comes home from the summer and he has this wild idea to get this loan to buy Cafe Heaven from these two women to open a restaurant I had never been to Cape Cod, and it was pretty, but it was like, oh, my God, like, how much longer do you have to drive to get here? You know what I mean? Like, it was forever. And, you know, we applied to the two banks in town. They both pretty much laughed at us because we're kids, and restaurants are a dime a dozen. It was months and months of giving them every bit of information they wanted. The long and short of it is my mother used our family home as collateral to secure the $65,000 loan from Cape Cod Bank and Trust because she believes in Alan and Alan gets the place, Cafe Heaven. So now all's well. And at this point, I am in no way going to come to Provincetown. And then he's here for two weeks and realizes, like, you can't do it by yourself, especially when you don't know anything about the restaurant business. So he's like, Liz, like, you have to help me. And at this point, you know, my mother's on the hook here. I'm like, all right. So I became the clerk of the corporation, which Alan lovingly referred to as the jerk of the corporation. You know, we knew food, but restaurant business is very different. You're a chef. But it's because you grow up in a kitchen with your Nana. I'm Italian. It's not as though I had any formal training. I mean, I never left my house before. This was a totally wonderful experience to have a little autonomy. So my story is I chased a gay man all the way to Provincetown and never left. (laughs) We had Cafe Heaven together from 1993 until 2006. In 1997, we opened Angel Foods. Our little tagline was shop at Angel Foods and go to heaven. Oh, look at you. You're a marketing genius. Alan was the genius. He knew about laying a store out so it was beautiful, finding just the right products. Like, who knew in the 90s that anyone would want 25-year-old balsamic vinegar that you could serve on ice cream? He did. I will say your cheese selection is pretty good. I work in cheese back in Portland. I have to say I agree. And your sandwiches ain't bad. The sandwiches are pretty good, too. I want to tell our listeners that I didn't like the well-doneness of my roast beef. Liz here cut a fresh one for me. That's what I do. And I didn't even know you were going to want to interview me. I didn't even know who are. I'm like, who's this pain in the ass? Let's look at how rare the roast beef is. So in 2006, Alan and I stopped being in business. I got the store. He got the restaurant. And he passed away in 2017, and his husband just sold it. There's new owners now, Quinn 
And I'm thrilled because 15 years of my blood, sweat, and tears went into that business, and it's near and dear to my heart, and I'm so glad that it's still around. Uh, Do you need help? We're just from England and we just love this store. We come here a lot. Every time we come to P-Town, this is our favourite store. Just like nothing we ever see in England, it feels like it's what we'd expect, you know, as a typically American store, but you don't ever see them anywhere else but P-Town. Thank you. We love to hear that. So during the 10 years we weren't in business together, from 2006 until 2017, I tried running a breakfast restaurant at the Gifford House. I opened up a little store in the West End, the West End Angel, that was to mirror this store, but in the West. My husband is Jamaican, so we opened a little Jamaican joint, so to speak, called One Love. I tried everything to kind of get back into the restaurant business. Is that hard to open and close restaurants per season? You know, what's difficult is when you don't own the real estate. Like, I'm in a very sweet situation here at Bryant's Market because that's what people still call it, even though it's been Angel Food since 1997. They're a family that is happy to have a store here, not as motivated as other families would be to sell off a property. Hence, we have the funky existence. Um, Brits are coming here to see, apparently. Exactly. They love the store. So what's difficult is to have landlords, and the rents are really high, and the season is short, and, you know, it's not an easy business food, my mother would say. You're shoveling against the tide. I couldn't get ahead. A restaurant is way more lucrative than a store. I was always chasing another opportunity, and it was um, New Year's weekend. Devon's had been on the market for three years, which was the former Tips for Thompson, tip of the cape for Thompson quality. And... These boys came in and were like, Liz, you should buy Devon's. No one really knows the story behind the story. And there is always a story behind the story. And I said, you know what? I don't have any money. Like, I would love to be at Devon's. Do you want to go in the Shark Tank with me? (laughs) And they're like, well, sure. You know, like, we see what you can do. Let's fast forward. They were wonderful, but it doesn't work out to go in the Shark Tank with these two boys. So now it's like the middle of January, and I don't exactly know what I'm going to do. And Paul Finizzi literally changed my life. He said to me really nicely, like, if you ever need anything, Liz, let me know. Now, I I know Paul because we're both East End business owners, and my kids love Finizzi's, and who doesn't? But Stephen Roderick, Paul's friend and my friend, said, you know, Liz, Paul's serious. He'll help you. And he co-signed the bank loan. He did for me what my mother did for Alan. I don't know how much longer I could have gone on. What a great guy. Oh really my gosh. Great guy. He doesn't really like a lot of people to know it and I'm forever grateful. That's how Liz's Cafe was born, finally. And my life is very different because of all the angels all around me. Oh, like you, Liz. oh Cheryl. I have more coffee, honey. Oh, I was going to ask her. I didn't want to interrupt no. We have to be interrupted, honey. While she gets you coffee, what's your name? How'd you come to P-Town? Uh, my name is Jim Kiley, and my husband and I own an art gallery in Arlington. And we're at 444 Commercial Street this week for a pop-up gallery. And this place has been keeping us alive for the past three years while we're here. Thank you. I recognize you. The curry chicken is highly recommended. So They call it crack salad. <laughs> well put. And I love your attitude, too, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, some people get it, and some people don't. Oh, I get it. People, they look at me. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that the muffin has less calories, or is it the scone? I said, listen, a big girl runs the store. It's full of fat. It's full of butter. It's full of cream. And I got more on my mind than your morning muffin. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, like, what are you going to do? Give me a bad yell? I don't care. The joys of having your own business. I can be sassy. Yeah, you and I fell from the same tree, so, yeah. Take care, brother. You too. Thank you. Thanks for talking. Anyway, I'm very lucky that I'm finally back in the restaurant business. It's I've been met with wild success, and I'm forever grateful to the people that helped me do that. And that's Paul Finizzi and Ken Folk and Kevin Bazarian. And it's funny, I pursued other avenues in which to raise revenue. So I had this harebrained idea that I was going to hit everybody up to prepay for their summer 2017 groceries didn't work out so well except for Ted and Peter they live next door and they loaned me $17,000 for closing costs and they're almost done eating it off I could go on and on and on about all the people that helped me um, get Liz's Cafe where it is and it's beautiful too you give credit to another friend who designed it Ken Folk he's this amazing designer he said I'm gonna do something for you 
that's going to mean more to you than money. And he created that beautiful space. You know, we talked about the things that I like and the color. I wanted yellow. And what's really amazing about the decor of Liz's Cafe is that um, George Bryant, he was like the town historian. He's passed away five years now, but he also was a hoarder. Anyone that knows the history of this building, the Bryant family still owns it. But George not only had junk, he had lots of treasures. And Ken, like, handpicked the American flag that's over the bar. The bookcase that holds my alcohol, that's from the 1700s. I enjoy the treasures that are on my wall at Liz's Cafe. And it's, it's amazing what the space that's been created there for me. Oh, oh, are you here to pick up the cake? I can pause our conversation pause. until she... I'm going to go talk to that man who's picking up the cake. My name is Brian. I'm from Peace, Love, and Soup and Portland, Oregon podcast. Oh, great. We're cool, bringing yeah. you significant soups along with culture, cooking, and conversation. I love it. We're in Provincetown this week, Ooh, and I met Liz yesterday. I'm like, Liz, you got to be part of this. Between Liz's Cafe okay. and Angel Food, it's part of Provincetown. And your name is? John Vasconcellos. And you are here to do what? Liz bakes the birthday cake for my husband, has done this exact cake for like the last 10 years. We live in New Bedford, about two hours away, but we have a little cottage here. And You're in the East End? Uh, far West End, so this is the other end of town. You're making the effort to get the cake. Well, it's the best cake. <laughs> I don't my doubt it. My husband would want nothing other than the chocolate cake with chocolate frosting from Liz's. Sounds like you're going to have a party at your house well, with that you big cake. Come over. Thank you. I'll be there soon. I'm going to dinner at Liz's first. Oh, my God. The Milanese is phenomenal. And the, uh, the iceberg, the wedge, wow, is a go-to. The whole place is great, and the service is excellent, and it's a quality of dining experience that's unusual here in Provincetown because it just feels like you're in, in Liz's kitchen, and it's lovely. We actually have been doing our New Year's Eves there, which is very fun. It's a very sweet little spot. The price point is right for home-cooked food. Precisely. The cake looks gorgeous. Perfect. I was tempted to ride my bike, but I was realizing riding my bike with that in the basket is probably not a good idea. So my husband's sitting out there in the wagon wondering where I am. <laughs> I'm just talking to a reporter. <laughs> I trust you'll make me sound smart and interesting. It won't be too hard. Oh, you're right. No, 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 no. Who knew there were so many smart people in Provincetown? Right? Part of the attraction here. Yeah. You'll be surprised who you run into. It's just magical. Last Friday we were here. We talked to Jay Critchley from The Swim Life. That was cool. amazing. We went to John Dodd's opening and right. then ran into a bunch of celebrities there. Yeah, um, well, it was funny because we had been at the Audra McDonald's concert, and she was joking about having just run into friends from Broadway on the street the night before. And someone asked her what she likes about Provincetown, and she called it like Disneyland, and I would actually augment that. It's sort of like Disneyland for smart grown-ups. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and particularly in this day and age in this country where we are headed in a very dark, dark way, uh, you know, you've got to find these enclaves that allow you to support that, and part of that is then you need to take it back out, not yes. be just stuck in these enclaves. True. And therein lies the rub. <laughs> And my other question, do you like soup? And what are your thoughts on clam chowder? Oh my God. Well, I love clam chowder. Now Manhattan chowder, don't even bother me with that. Tomatoes that have no business in that. But the best chowder is actually Rhode Island chowder because that's the clear broth. But I'm not a big cream guy, so a brothy Rhode Island chowder is the way to go. You know, with the salt pork and potatoes and onions and clam broth, it's a simpler presentation, it's cleaner. But the best part about being in Provincetown in clam chowder is in October, you get your shelling license for 15 bucks, then you get yourself a basket and a rake, and you get out there in the flats at low tide, and you dig up your own clams. And fact of the matter is the best way to eat those is from shell to mouth, but chowder is an honorable way to take care of a clam as well. Thank you for talking to us today. Yeah, and, thanks for uh, being here. We love Portland. The food in Portland is wonderful, and we have family out there. So when I'm not here, we love being there. We'll see you in Portland, or we'll see you in P-Town. I'll let you pay for your cake. I'm pay 60 bucks for this cake. It'll be expensive dessert. Yeah, you know my husband. He's worth it. Every penny. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Next year, I'm going to make you one for free. Oh, I like that. Right. Oh, Sorry, you, you have that recorded. I got that on tape. <laughs> Thank Bye. you so Thank much. You. Oh, You're welcome. God. Can we talk oh about God, soup? Oh, my God, this man. Oh, my God, who's this man? I have to check on the quality. This is so oh, funny. I'm sorry. No, 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 please, no come on. You can, you, it's a now. funny story now. Two, two summers ago? Last was it summer. Last summer? It was last we summer. all run into another. This man came in and he needed some sugar. You were making something. I was making blueberry muffins. Blueberry muffins. 
And I, I didn't have any sugar on the shelves, or I just had this like ridiculous expensive sugar. So I gave him some sugar. And a little bit of attitude also. It's part of my charm. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of people come and go. He's kind of memorable. He was with his wife, kind of like a hippie. And he's been tracking me down to bring me a real Jordan Marsh blueberry That's the muffin. we use, even though I'm from New York City. Jordan Marsh is the kind of blueberry muffin you want to eat if you're going to eat a blueberry muffin. That's awesome. Mm. Describe the Jordan Marsh for our listeners. Buttery. It's very buttery, and it's, it's, it's a lot, lot of, of blueberries. blueberries. And what's really great is there's a lot of sugar on the top, and they're good grilled. The, the sugar is what really makes it, you know, and it's real blueberries, big, juicy, thick. And blue- we did pick the blueberries as we do as a family every year. So because we got a, an act of kindness from Liz last year, we had to return it. Talk about all the angels you created with this store. I am so grateful to this town. It's been a wonderful ride. And I feel like, you know, we were just talking about how lucky I am. I I have been kind to a lot of people over my Mm -hmm. time in Provincetown. And it has come back to me in the weirdest, craziest ways. Mm -hmm. And I've had almost strangers bless my life. It's a good way to be. Truly, truly. And we still got to talk about Sue. Oh, Sue. All right. Thank you. So I'm an Italian girl. Here I am in a Portuguese town. A lot of people think I'm Portuguese. I'm not. Alan was Portuguese. Now, before I knew that he was gay, I thought a good way to get to Alan was through his family. So I used to go to his grandmother's house. Her house was like a museum. Plastic on the couches? Yeah, of course. Just like my Nana. And I'd paint her nails. I'd take her out. I mean, I love that elder kind of relationship. I think it's the most important bond you can have is with a grandparent. So anyway, she taught me how to make Portuguese kale soup. A real woman from Portugal, this was her recipe. So I sell Portuguese kale soup at the restaurant, and it is a hit. And I'm proud to serve it. I owe all of it to chasing a gay man here. 1993 and never leaving. God bless the gays. God bless the gays. Okay, I'm going to hug you. You were a doll. I'll leave you. You've been listening to Peace, Love, and Soup. Audio nourishment for the heart and mind. With Brian Delaney. And Tave Fashe Drake. And finally, we'd like to leave you with a quote from Kurt Vonnegut. The year was 2081, and everyone was finally equal. Rotary phone, how I miss you. When you were mine, we took our time. Thank you to all the Provincetown Angels. You are an inspiration. Still hungry for more? Well, we made such an enormous pot of P-Town soup, there's enough for one final helping. Join us next time, won't you, for P-Town Soup Part 3, Clams End. We promise you, it will be thrice as nice. And if you just can't wait, we are open 24 hours a day for photos, episodes, recipes, and more at peaceloveandsoup.com. We need your support. If you'd like to be an angel contributor, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line at peaceloveandsoup at gmail.com. We are looking for private funding so that we can keep sharing the peace, love, and soup around the world. My mom is in the kitchen. My dad is in the yard. I can almost smell cut grass and cups of tea right now if I try hard. You're sitting on the table by the candlesticks, singing out your serenade. Three, five, one, two, six. Rotary phone, how I miss you when you were mine. We took our time back in the day. You had my number. with waiting you'll show up eventually i'm standing on the corner so will you please stop texting me i know the plane has landed i know you'll probably be late i'll still be sitting reading poems
like what you hear, please leave us a review and tell all of your friends to join us at the table at peaceloveandsoup.com. listening to KBOO Portland at 90.7 FM and streaming on the web kboo.fm. I'm Don Jacobson and moving on, we'll be here in just a few minutes right after the news.